0: What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand-new episode of Chargers Weekly. We're at joint practices with the San Francisco 49ers. We got media everywhere. Mark Sanchez, Fox Sports, joining <laughs> us, the Trojan. What's up, brother? How are you?
1: Um, couldn't be any better. This is, this is exactly what I want to be doing today, man, watching two really good
0: ball clubs go at it and compete. This is great. I was going to say, it's exactly what you want to be doing. You don't want to be in this heat practicing though no, no. What, what do you I'm remember good. about training camp Oof,
1: uh, i remember those days up in Cortland. it was hot just like this even more more muggy than this but um those sweaty dog days of training camp that's where you gotta kind of create your own juice and motivate guys and I, I see this young quarterback 10 yeah herbert looking great man and uh he just looks so comfortable and so it a lot of great memories a lot of connective tissue with scouts and people from the Jets that you guys have here. So that's uh it's always fun to go down memory lane like that.
0: I, I saw you in the middle of the fields obviously we got the Niners on one side, the Chargers on the other, they switch up offense and defense. Yeah. What were your observations uh just from the last two hours here? Yeah,
1: uh what's what's the best is you know they, they staggered the huddles just a little bit, so it was nice to be in the middle and you see it's almost both. like watching red zone. Yeah. <laughs> the Red Zone channel, you're kinda of watching both. The hardest thing was keeping up with two two-minute drills at the same time. <laughs> That's a lot of work because you're trying to remember, okay, who's got all the timeouts? Okay, what what's your situation? Are you trying to score? Are you trying to get a field goal? Whatever it was, but um, I thought Herbert did a great job leading him down uh, for that field goal at the end there, understood exactly where he needed to get, understood the situation. Uh, he had like a second and long knew he, he didn't need to get all of it. They were going to come back on third down and potentially fourth down um, and, and he did a great job just checking it down, getting it underneath and setting up the field goal team and I thought Trey Lance did the same thing. Yeah. He, um, They uh, they had about 17 seconds no timeouts left and Shanahan ran it just to just to get, get us a couple more yards for the field goal um, and kind of caught the defense off guard just for a second. Gained a couple yards, made it an easy field goal for Robbie Gold. Uh, but but the thing I did notice too with Trey, uh, when you when you clock that ball at the end, you don't have timeouts. You got to clock it with four seconds or less, and he knew exactly what to do. As soon as he said clock, he was staring at that at the shot clock. So you know they don't get another play after your field goal, and uh, you know little things like that you pick up on, especially as a former quarterback, and it's good to see those guys executing like that.
0: What what I think is so cool is, you're one of very few that know what Trey Lance is going through, what Justin Herbert's going through. (laughs) You were drafted five overall? Fifth overall, yeah. Fifth overall. overall. So what, Lance was three, Justin was six. Yeah. So to see, let's just start with number 10 out here. To see how he started his rookie year out of nowhere, week two, and to play the way he did with no offseason program, um, you had a, a similar start to your season where you guys went deep into the playoffs. Oh yeah. Um, your impressions adjusting Justin, just sure. from year
1: one going into year two here. Of course, I think one of the craziest things that people don't really understand is you're you're a 22 year old kid, and you're in college, and overnight your entire life changes. Right now you're expected to be the face of a face of a franchise. You got 50 million dollars in your bank account, and you're expected to make decisions like a 65-year-old Supreme Court justice, right? And, and that's, you know, that's unrealistic. You're still a kid. So it's such a big jump. and such a big transition. What's up, babe? Um, but I think he's handled it so well because, like you said, he had no offseason, season. He's learning on the fly, and to see flashes, that's what you want to see as a rookie, especially as a quarterback. Just see some flash. Show me some flashes that it's there. And then pretty soon you'll get more consistent with that. Um, But he looks so comfortable already, understanding situations, competing his ass off. And the the best part about it is he doesn't even know. he doesn't even realize how good he is he's a, scratching the in surface. some way yeah like um that, that's one of the, the most refreshing things about it you know because you get a lot of guys nowadays that are you know on their instagram a bunch or TikTok this and that and, and this kid is just like so dialed so focused and doesn't even realize how good he is which is crazy i mean he's he's gonna he's got every club in the bag right he's got every throw in the back and He's still learning. He's like a little puppy. He's finally getting coaching that he never got necessarily in college because they had so many different coordinators. He was learning a new system every year. And all the, all the new coordinator does is come in and say, okay, what does he do well? He throws well on the run. He can do read option, and he can chuck it a mile. Great, we'll do that. But nobody taught him to play the position. Nobody, nobody really explained it. And, I mean, with this coach now coming over from the Saints – that's huge. Yeah,
0: and that's what's huge. so interesting, too, is he, he had to learn a new offense this offseason, yes. right? Joe yes. Lombardi's offense, Drew Brees yes. was at camp this offseason, and talking about how complex that system yep. is. But when you have somebody as smart as Justin, and Coach Staley, I think, has said it best. He's like, we're going to make the offense Justin's. We're not going to make him conform exactly. to a system. And I think you're starting to see just each and every day out here, and I think today and Friday – And you let me know the the importance of joint practices, especially when you're not going to play in the preseason. It's the best. These are crucial for Justin ahead of week one. These are as close to live reps as
1: you get. This is better than preseason games, in my opinion. In what
0: ways is it better? Because
1: you get so many more reps, live action, a lot of situations right away, um, just like a game without the, you know, like the, it's almost like thud tempo. But, I mean, they're competing harder, it looks like here, than you do in a, preseason game, sure. you know, because yeah. everybody's just trying not to get hurt, and let's just make it through the preseason, get to regular season. These these guys are grinding in these practices, and you get the best film. You get the best film from these, because... You go to com- get the same dudes yes. for two straight yes. weeks, too, right? And it's... Uh, I just feel like it's the best form of competition in training camp, is to do the joint practice. You get to see all your buds on the other team. You know, it, it's fun off the field, but you get on the field, get in between the white lines, get after it, and... We definitely saw that. The, the
0: one-on-ones going keen. Yeah, and they got a little heated. Jason Verrett. Yeah. I mean, it's just the intensity has ratcheted up a little oh, yeah. bit from the first oh, yeah. 15 days of camp Or So this Chargers team in general, we talked about Justin. Uh, Joe Lombardi comes over from New Orleans. Yep. Obviously, head coach Brandon Staley, the return of Jer- Derwin James, Joey Bosa, yep. Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray. There's a lot of names on oh, this yeah. team. And I know Coach Staley's goal was to just bring this thing together this offseason. Your, your impressions of what the Chargers did in an effort to improve upon 7-9 and Mm and try to get to the postseason? Well,
1: I think the most important thing is getting that quarterback, you know, comfortable. And to get Lombardi from the Saints with all of his experience with Drew and Sean Payton, that, I mean, you couldn't have picked a better guy with a great pedigree. And he's going to help Justin... Be the Justin Herbert that they want him to be, and he's already showing flashes, he's going to start doing it more consistently. Then you look across the board at guys getting healthy. Derwin James, I mean, that dude's a freak. He wears, the, he wears the headset on defense, he's got the
0: dot. Yes, he's got the green dot.
1: I mean, usually it's a backer, right? I mean, that just tells you how much he knows the game, and how much have he studies. A he plays and this, ain't, this defense, ain't easy to master now. Like, he's Coach Staley's got. Got some tricks up his sleeve. I mean, he makes it tough on quarterbacks. We we went against him a bunch when he was in Chicago with Vic Fangio, and I mean, he'll make you pull your hair out, man. It's it's frustrating to play against that guy. So to see Derwin balling like this, getting healthy, it, as we see, we plan this. This is perfect. Oh, let's go. Here hey, we go. Welcome to my show. What welcome is, to my we're show. We're literally talking target. about you right now. What up, about we're talking we're all kind of bad about you too. All kind of bad about you. What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you never know who's going to show up. And and he's just such a joy, man. He's like one of those guys who's
0: just infectious. a great locker
1: room guy, infectious personality, smiling all the time,
0: works his butt off. He's he's fun to watch. I don't care how many times I say it uh, on this podcast. There's no coincidence they won 12 games with him as a rookie, oh, first-team no All-Pro. Yep. Yep. And w- when he was lost each of the last two years, the energy, not just on the defense, oh, yeah. all 53 guys feed off a number no three. Doubt. three. No doubt. Um, just a couple more for you, Mark. Uh, your year from year one to year two, what did you pick up the most? What, how did things Ooh, slow down for you, um, and w- in what ways did
1: you make a jump? One of the biggest things were, was protections, really understanding protections and run game checks uh, because we didn't do a ton of it at SC. We, we did plenty, but it goes to like a next level. When you have to re-mic ID, basically um, re-identify the defense uh, our starting point on offense to block, you make new mics on run plays, that was different for me, and that took – a lot. That took a lot of work, a lot of studying. Um, and then the next thing was protections understanding, um, based on the situation, but like, where, where am I vulnerable? Right. Where, when, when do I need, when do I have time and when do I need to get this ball out of my hand quick? Um, those were, those were the big things going into my second year. I remember from year one to year two. And then, you know, when you have a guy like Justin, like you're not worried about His arm strength, you're not worried about his footwork, you're not worried about, you know, you clean those up as you go and and you make little tweaks here and there. But he's got all that stuff, man. So he's, I mean, he's on to the next thing and, and I guarantee they're they're teaching them a ton about protections and situations because there were a couple games last year where you know things come down to the wire. That's it. Clock management stuff, understanding okay how long is it going to take for the field goal team to get out here. Uh, you know, when, do we have a timeout, do we not have a timeout? When are we clocking the ball? How much time you know all that is so so important. And he's going to master that
0: final thing you got a new team this yeah. year fox yeah. sports that's right uh, tell everybody what you're going to be doing
1: yeah so i'll be in the booth with kevin kugler we'll have uh, 17 games that's our you first know, game you your first assignment i have my first four so my first one is uh San fran at detroit which okay. makes this great yeah uh and then let's see we go cincy at chicago seattle at uh, minnesota and then washington at atlanta okay so those are my first four and then uh, they'll give us Give us our next set I'm, probably I'm, week 2 I'm crossing my
0: fingers. We get a Chargers guy. I, they, I, hey, they're, that'd they're make it easy. Slide. I could just drive up the <laughs> drive up the highway. That'd be nice. <laughs> That's it. That'd be nice. Mark Sanchez, uh, always appreciate the time, man. Yes, sir. Awesome to see you here, and uh, congrats on the gig. Appreciate Fox, you, buddy. Bro. Thank you. All right, man. All right. All right, as we roll on here on Chargers Weekly, day one of joint practices with the 49ers in the books, here with one of my favorite guests. He's been on a few times, Jim Trotter, NFL Network. You tell? Jim, wait, did you tell him
2: I pay you to say that? One of yeah. your favorite guests? Did you tell him? He is one of my favorite guests. I, I didn't tell. Did tell. I didn't tell. You really are, that. though, man. No, it's, I appreciate you, that. you were
0: one of the first, and um,
2: I haven't seen you in person, and I feel like two seasons. I feel like I haven't seen anyone in two seasons. How does it feel you, to be out here? It's tremendous. Um, you know, outside of the Hall of Fame week, training camps are, are my favorite because you have access to people. People are a little more relaxed in terms of, you know, you're not... You're not game planning. There's no win-loss coming up, uh, that sort of thing. So I love it. But, you know, this pandemic thing was hard, man, because um, for me personally, I think it was 16 months I was on lockdown where no travel at all, you know. And so you go from almost flying every week someplace to all of a sudden for a year and a half, nothing. Um,
0: Couldn't even imagine.
2: Because, I mean, how many years have you been going to games? Oh, Uh, I started covering the NFL in 96, so So, the funny thing was um, last year, so the first two weeks, they sent me up to SoFi um, to cover the Rams opener and the Chargers opener. And finally, I just said to my boss, why are we going to these games, you know, not just SoFi, but anywhere? I said, we have no access to players, we have no access to coaches. Um, after the game, there's no access to the locker room. You're doing everything by Zoom. So I said, you could essentially be home on your couch watching the game and do the Zoom call. And from that point forward, you know, that's what we did. And for me personally, it just wasn't. And and look, I get we had to play games and all that. But for me, it just wasn't football. The fans are such a big part of the game and that energy, you know, on, on a Sunday. I knew that, but I didn't really know it until i experienced sitting in an empty stadium watching games you know it it just it was hard and to hear you know aaron donald after that opener say it was like he felt like he was back in pop warner where he could hear his parents calling out his name from the stands you know it's just crazy it was it was
0: eerie to to go to sofi stadium last year and the place is gigantic i knew how to get from point a to point b right like one place go to the press box come back there's no fans in the stands. There's no energy, like you said. And then to go to the game on Saturday and see, you know, 50,000, 60,000 people in there, it's like you finally appreciate SoFi Stadium. Yeah. I mean, not only is, I mean, is it gorgeous and big at a palace, but the fans are the energy. They, they make that thing go. So it, it, you're right. Like watching the games last year on TV, I thought they did a pretty good job with the television product. But like if you're there, it was like a scrimmage. It was like yeah. a practice.
2: It's, it, it was hard. It's just, and again, I'm not, I'm not in any way complaining about it in terms of trying to put anyone down or, or, or demean anything, but it just wasn't the real, it wasn't real football to me. It wasn't the, it wasn't yeah. NFL football without those fans there. So to have them back and, you know, look, I don't want to get into the whole COVID debate and all of that here. I just, I just wish people would be smart so that we can make sure we have full stadiums this coming season because you know, when you look at the numbers and how they're trending, my fear is that there are going to be municipalities to say, you know what, these numbers are going in the wrong direction, and therefore we can't have groups of people yeah, like sure. that—seventy thousand people—in in an enclosed environment. So, I just, I just wish the people would be smart about this and and. Um, so that we can we can truly enjoy football the way it's meant to be enjoyed. Yeah, and if, if beyond the obvious of staying healthy, you
0: absolutely. Know. And if you're going to the game on on Sunday, masks are required. now you know, okay, it's yeah. up stadium, so take that into consideration when you go. Um, Jib, these joint practices, uh, a number of Charger starters aren't going to play in the preseason, so you could argue today and tomorrow, maybe the best work they get in preparation for week one, just because it's a different opponent, you're scheming against somebody different, you've been hitting the same people for, for two straight weeks. Um, in talking to players and front office members, coaches, how important are these two days or, you know, when you bring another team coming in from out of town?
2: No, they're extremely important because this is the new NFL. You know, we're seeing the elimination of preseason games as we go forward. Sure. they are going to be fewer and fewer. And so you have to find a way to get in the work and to and, and to, to get the evaluations that you need. So these sorts of things are critical for clubs and, and clubs are being smart about it. If you have guys who are hurt or coming back from injury and whatnot, you're not going to subject them to this or put them in harm's way. But for those who are, are healthy and who need the work, um, it's important. It's funny. I saw someone I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody. Was saying that someone didn't look good, this this prominent player didn't look good in practice and this, that, and the other. And all it, it did for me was take me back to one of my first few years in the league as a beat writer. And it may have been my rookie year. And I remember the Chargers went out and signed this this uh free agent cornerback. I think made him one of the highest paid cornerbacks in the NFL. So we get to training camp and I'm watching him in practice, and he's awful. I mean, just God awful. And I'm to the point where I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna have to write a story saying they signed a bust. And then I remember asking, it was actually Junior Seau at that time, it was the leader of the defense. I said, hey, what's going on here? I'm like, this guy's terrible. And it was Junior who said to me, and this is something I try and convey to fans, he said, you have to understand veteran players in practice in, the, in training camp work on their weaknesses. They don't work on their strengths. And so they're going to look bad so that by the time they get to the regular season and get to Sunday, those things that they struggled with hopefully won't be as prominent. That's a great point end of the story, the player was Ryan McNeil. That year he goes out and leads the NFL in interceptions. Imagine how stupid I would have looked, even more stupid, if I had written that story. So I say that that's why these things are valuable, um, because it gives players an opportunity, particularly veteran players, prominent players, to work on things against other players um, to try and eliminate or reduce some of the weaknesses they have in their game.
0: We live in such a reactionary society, too. where I, I think Zach Wilson of the Jets said something very similar last week, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I may be paraphrasing, but he said, I, I'm trying things in practice because I want to see what I can get away with.
2: That's exactly what he said. Yeah.
0: And, yep. and, and I think that's so important for, for context. Like, sometimes we see a 15-second highlight on Twitter or Instagram, and we think, like, that's yeah. what happened in practice. You know, it, it's completely the opposite in many ways.
2: No, it, it, and Zach, I thought that was so, um, it was so important and, and, and so um, mature mm-hmm. in terms of him having that perspective as, as, a, as a first-year player to say, I want to learn what I can get away with here, where it's not costing us games as opposed to learning in a game where we end up losing. So um, now we'll see if that carries over. Of course, of course. But just for him to have that mindset, that train of thought is huge. So, um, yeah, I I mean, this is this is what I love about training camp is that you you get to have these sort of discussions that maybe you can't have during the regular season Mm -hmm. again, where everything is about that upcoming opponent and whatnot. And training camp is great for me because you can just talk to people in sort of a relaxed environment. You can bounce around. Like today, you can go from, you know, Chris Harris to Derwin James to Keenan Allen to Tom Telesco to whoever. Well, during a season, at least, you know, at a practice, you're not going to be able to do that. Doesn't happen. No. So, um, so no, these are valuable. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more happy to be out here. and, And I just hope that we all stay safe and, you know, we, we get through this season. Let me ask
0: you about this Chargers team, uh, a lot of new, new coaching staff, obviously Justin Herbert in his second year, you're hoping Derwin James is there for all 17 this year. I got to
2: get used to saying that 17. I know,
0: I, it's taken me a while, I, yeah. I think I hit my stride last week, so okay. I mean. <laughs> I still say 16, <laughs> you, you know. I have been, uh, you know, Bosa, uh, just your your thoughts on what the Chargers did this offseason, they shorted up the offensive line to in an effort to not only help protect Justin, but I think you know, maybe open up some, some running lanes and maybe sustain drives that way with the running backs.
2: Yeah, look, every I feel like we say this every year about the Chargers, one of the most talented rosters on paper in the NFL. Yeah, And then there's always something that seems to happen, particularly from a health standpoint, that prevents them from, I think, achieving whatever their potential truly is. And I think this year is the same thing. You look at their roster on paper, it is one of the best in the NFL now. They play in arguably one of the toughest two divisions in the NFL. I think you can go back and forth on whether the AFC West or the NFC West uh, is the tougher division in in, in the league. But this team is stacked. And if it stays healthy, there's no reason that it can't challenge for a division title and more. So, I'm excited. You know, this thing about the change in coaches and whatnot like I I don't have enough to say what to really think you know they're all so young I feel like I don't know them um you know I still have yet to meet uh coach Staley I will here shortly but you know I didn't do any Rams games last year um to that point where I needed to to speak with him but from a personnel standpoint in terms of, of the players everything you need to win a championship is here. Mm -hmm. The question is, can you keep them healthy and can you put it all together? And that's what we love about this game, trying to get that answer.
0: Absolutely. I loved, you know, going into this when they decided to make a a change of head coach, a lot of people thought you're going to bring in an offensive mind to build and grow together with Justin Herbert. I I like the fact that there's a, a concerted effort to make this defense Uh, live up to that potential that we always talk about and and when you have guys like Derwin and Kenneth and Drew Tranquil coming back and and Joey and um, you look at what Staley did last year with guys like John Johnson and Ramsey and Donald um, there's some excitement there Um, obviously we haven't seen it yet Um, but offensively you know you bring in Joe Lombardi and, and, and Joe has that experience with Drew Brees and Sean Payton And uh, one of the things I just talked to Mark Sanchez about is it's a complicated offensive scheme, but they've been uh, very steadfast in saying they want to make this Justin Herbert's offense. So whatever percentage of that maybe Saints playbook that Justin does well, you know, uh, Justin's such a smart kid that, you know, we'll see how quickly he picks it up. By all indications, you know, he's doing a good job this offseason.
2: Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little surprised that they not only didn't retain more of the offensive staff, but that... They didn't even interview some of these guys to come back. You know, when you look at, at what the team was able to accomplish with Justin Herbert last year, with, with Shane and with Pep, um, from an outsider's point of view, it, it would have made sense to bring those guys back, but Coach Staley thought otherwise, and I get that, so I'm not here to judge yet because we haven't seen. Sure. But um, I think it's smart to say that we're going to build this offense Make it tailor it specifically to what Justin's strengths are, um, and to make him comfortable. Because if he's comfortable, again, the talent is here to go a long way.
0: Last thing for you, Jim, the the AFC. There's a lot of teams, but I really can't pinpoint who, other than Kansas City, who's on top. Uh, I mean, you got Buffalo. You got Cleveland. People are talking about Cleveland um, stacked. Cleveland stacked. I mean, who knows? Maybe it seemed like Miami I- improves. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the Broncos seem to have everything, but maybe the quarterback. We'll see what happens with Locke okay. and Bridgewater. Yeah. What do you make of that conference in particular, and how do you think the Chargers fit into that equation? I think you alluded to a little
2: bit. If, if they're healthy, uh, they could challenge Kansas City. Oh, if they're healthy, they they can not only challenge Kansas City, but challenge for uh, a Lombardi trophy. Mm. This Again, this roster is stacked. Um, you tell me where the weaknesses are. You know, The most important position on a team is a quarterback. They've got that. They've got you know what we've seen thus far from the offensive line, the upgrades that have been made. There's a lot of optimism there that that unit is going to be really productive and efficient.
0: The you know, last year was special teams, mm-hmm. and that lost them quite a few games Mm -hmm. and if if they
2: can get that unit turned around exactly and and that's the key because we know defensively again if everyone's healthy what that unit's going to be like so um the afc is fun uh it is fun it's fun when you don't really know and that that's what i love about the and this is what makes the nfl to me and i I think to so many fans must see tv because every week you know if you're not on your game you can get beat mm-hmm. and these teams at the time, like we can, I can give you storylines about all of the clubs that you mentioned about why they can win a championship. I can also present to you maybe why they might fall short. That's just what makes it fun to see how it all plays out. Um, you know, I was in Cleveland earlier uh, this off, uh, not off season, but training camp and there's a vibe, you know, and you, you once you've been around the league a while, you sort of you can tell when it's genuine when teams really feel that they're ready to make that run and it's not just this sort of false optimism or um coach speak or whatever and in Cleveland it's real you know and then you look at the roster again and the moves they made this off season. they're going to be they're going to be heck to deal with um you know Baltimore's always well coached by John Harbaugh and his staff they're not going anywhere. Chargers uh, play the Browns week five, Ravens week six. Yeah. And it's just, it's going to be fun. And like I say, this division where you got to play each of these teams twice, there's not a gimme anywhere on there when you talk about this division. So yeah. one thing we know about the Raiders, um, at least, you know, in recent years under under Gruden is that they've started fast and faded down the stretch. So what's that going to look like this year? Yeah. Um, the Chiefs redid their entire offensive line for the most part, you know, with the focus on keeping Patrick Mahomes upright It's amazing
0: both the Chargers and Chiefs have like eight to ten starters that are new.
2: You know? So, well, and st- new starters, I'm, I'm off topic here, but look at the Browns. Take it out, potentially nine new starters on defense, on one unit alone, coming off a playoff appearance where you actually won a playoff game. That's incredible. I've never heard of that. You know, even Kevin Stefanski was I couldn't come up with a, a comparable example. Um and yet those on paper you say they're a lot better than they were a year ago on that side of the ball. So um, see so you get me going here. 'cause I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like, let's go play, let's yes. get to week one. Yes. You know? So um, even Tennessee made some changes down there and you bring in Julio, what's that gonna look like? Yeah. I just I'm Maybe? ready. I mean, it, with the whole Wentz the whole Wentz equation there. Out of all these clubs we talk about, that's the one where I feel like I can't jump on board yet. If yeah. you don't have that quarterback situation nailed down, it's hard for me to believe you're going to make any sort of run in this league. Um, so for that reason alone, I can't. I think Indy has a lot of talent, but I can't jump on the board of saying, the ba- the bandwagon of saying, that's a Super Bowl team.
0: This is what it's all about, Jim. I, I love being out here. I love seeing you in person. Um,
2: wh- what do you got going on here over the next few weeks? Where can people find your work? Uh, NFL.com and NFL Network and just kind of bouncing around a little bit, getting ready for week one. Do you you know know, where you're going to be week one? Yeah. Actually, I'll be at SoFi. I'll be there for, I think it's the Rams-Bears. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be there week one. and. So it'll give me an opportunity to compare week one last year in SoFi versus week one this year, which I think is going to be dramatically different. I would say so. so. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Jim, appreciate it, man. And that's going to do it for us, guys. A uh, big thanks to Jim Trotter, Mark Sanchez for joining me. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube every Thursday, also on Chargers.com. Uh, if you're out at SoFi on Sunday, come say hi. Have a great weekend. And until next time, I'm Chris Avery.